0: He is, he only, it says in verse 2 there, chapter 62, 2, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. I shall not be greatly moved. So I want to mention a little time on that phrase, I shall not be greatly moved. Father, come tonight. Give wisdom from above. May this come together and be cohesive. More than any of that, though, the semantics of it. May the Holy Spirit come and interpolate it to us. May we receive the benefit of the Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. He makes a really a profound statement there. This is the Psalm of David. I shall not be greatly moved. Interesting, because in verse 6, he makes another statement. He says, I shall not be moved. Look in verse 6 in the last part of it. He says, I shall not be moved. So I do not believe these two contradict each other in any way, but really are statements that complement each other. Uh, you may go through your Christian experience, living for Jesus, and really never falter, never stumble, never try of trouble, and not be moved, like verse 6. However you may be of a Christian where you struggle, things happen, you have times of coolness or coldness, you may have some backsliding times. And in that case, verse 2 applies to you, I shall not be greatly moved. Sometimes Christians get moved, but the psalmist said not greatly. He said in verse 6, it's possible not to get moved. And then in verse 2, he says it's possible to get moved in some way. Second Peter, let's, let's just look at the Bible. Second Peter 1.10 says, Wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. If you do these things, you shall never fall. I believe believe the Bible presents a Christian walk where you can live a Christian life. I'm not talking about be perfect now. I'm not talking about never sin. But I'm talking about fall or hurt your testimony in a way that is serious. I believe you can go through this Christian life without that, that you can live the entire Christian experience in in generally a road to victory and not be moved, as it would, As it says here, you shall never fall if you do these things. 2 Peter 1.10. Those who are moved, but not greatly, are also talked about. Psalm 145, 14, the Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that are bowed down. Proverbs twenty four sixteen says, For a just man falls seven times and riseth up again. We've quoted that over and over again. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. He delighteth in his way. Though he fall, thirty-seven twenty-four says, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. No man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. My father was just greater than all. See, so the devil can tempt you and you can fall for that temptation and you can temporarily fall away from God if you're a born-again believer, and you can be moved. But according to Psalm 62 here, you're not going to be greatly moved because the Holy Spirit is, listen, I don't go to bed at night worrying whether I'm going to hold on to God. He's holding on to me. I want to hold on to God, and I want to cling to him, cling to the old rugged cross, amen. But I have a great comfort to know that he's holding on to me. He said, he said of me, I will never leave thee nor forsake me. He said, I will build my church. God's working and we're working in partnership together, joint heirs of Christ, as it were. How can we have this kind of confidence tonight? Well, first we see that this person uh, in, in Psalm chapter 62, once or two. Uh, did, not, did not make God in his own image. He waited upon him. Look at verse 1. Truly my soul waiteth upon God, for him, from him, cometh my salvation. The word wait also can mean be in silence. Let God do some talking. Sometimes people talk so much they don't shut up and let God talk. I hope when you pray it's not all, bla, 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 bla. give me this, give me this, give me this, give me that, give me that. I hope, you, I hope when you pray sometimes you're just quiet or at least I hope you have quiet times where God can talk to you. Now, I know most of what he talks to you is by reading the Bible. You pick a quiet time to read your Bible. And as you read those words of the Holy Scripture, the Holy Spirit, he'll whisper to you about things, and he'll straighten stuff out with you, and he'll reason. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. And he'll reason with you, and he'll, He'll communicate with you, and he'll fellowship. Ooh, that's the sweet fellowship of a Christian. And then when you pray, that is in our finite minds. Uh, and being led of the Holy Spirit, we know not how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit, the Spirit himself, give us intercession which cannot be uttered. And I realize that, according, I think that's uh, Romans 8, 26, he, he gives us ability to, through the Holy Spirit, to almost have groanings, unutterable groanings to God, that communicate to Him directly, the Holy Spirit, to, to, the, to God the Father, communicating directly as we pray. An effulgence of God, as it were, as we communicate with Him. Have you ever been in a time of prayer where you just didn't know what to say? I call people at the moment of their tragedy, a lot of times, I, I don't know what to say. There's no words that I can say. When I called uh, Sandy, there was no words that I could tell Sandy, the loss of her husband. I mean, come on. Who am I? I? I got nothing. But there is a Holy Spirit, and he is the God of all comfort, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And he'll comfort you, and with the comfort you receive, then you're going to be able to somehow go comfort other folks. It's a learning process, but you're not going to learn how to comfort other folks unless you suffer a loss in which you need to be comforted. Do you have that? So the trials and the things that come through your life are absolutely for a purpose. You're never out of discipleship with God. He's always discipling you. He's always, you know, you got an old guy like like uh, Bob Morris. He thought I was talking about you. I don't know about Bob Morris. You got all that Bob Morris. He's still learning. He's not arrived yet. God's used this stuff in his life to teach him. Who's the oldest person in this room? Wanda, Wanda Crouch, Wanda? No, you're 89? FBI guy, 89? Glenn Young. Didn't think I knew his name, did you? Glenn Young. I think you got me on that, didn't you? No. Truly my soul waiteth upon God, and from Him cometh my salvation. How many Christians make this horrid mistake of making God tailor fit to their imaginations? And they're, Listen, I have a corrupt imagination. I cannot imagine what God's going to be like. I hope you don't pride yourself to the place where you feel like you can figure out what God is and who he is, except it wasn't for this word and the Holy Spirit. You don't know God. And so we got to be careful about imagining God in our own image. The psalmist said, I just wait on it. I wait on the word of God. This could be from reading the Bible, could be from the communication of the Holy Spirit, could be from others that God uses to talk to you, and he does, could be from a loss of things, situations in life that he'll use to talk to you, to communicate with you. Uh, I believe it was A.W. Tozer wrote a book called Pursuit of God. He says it's it's the nature of God to speak. That's one of the chapters in that, phenomenal chapter. It's the nature of God to speak. He wants to communicate to us. He's not trying to hold back on you. If you'd shut up long enough, he'd talk to you. You know, sometimes when we get before God. We think we got to fill the air. Oh Lord, help this, help it stop. How about just saying, God, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Let Him talk. My soul waiteth upon God. Verse five there says, My soul waiteth, wait thou upon God, for my expectation is from Him. Tommy, that comes from the Institute. That's the verse he used. My expectations. People get angry. You know people that get angry? When people get angry, they are two reasons, one of the two main reasons they get angry is their expectations are being violated. And their rights are being violated. You can mark that down in your book, take it home. We have good written material on that, how to overcome anger. You can Under the guidance of the Holy Spirit with the knowledge of the Word of God, you can overcome that monster called anger. Now, until you die and lose him, he's always there ready to go. Amen. He's ready to shoot out at a moment's notice. Hit your thumb. You know, have your wife say a cross word. to you that, you know, just, when you've been with somebody a long time, you know just what to say. My wife and I, 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 sometimes I get a kick out of us. Because I'm hard of hearing, she uses that as an excuse to yell at me. I mean, that girl is yelling at me. I mean, she's got down, she's yelling at me. Right, Kathy? Speak up. But, uh, (laughs) and I'll say, Kathy, we're a fit. We are a fit. We sound crazy. This sounds crazy. Two lovebirds. All well, I can say, love morphs with time. But we're to wait on him. That means submit to his will, the way he gives it. No whitewashing, no compromising, no explaining away, no cultur- culturizing it, just trusting in what he says and waiting upon him. Why would we do this? Because he's the one that initiated our salvation and has proved his trustworthiness to us In verse uh, verse 1 and B, it says, From him cometh my salvation. So we we see that the psalmist believed in waiting upon God. Get in front of him and wait on him. God, come. Hey, he don't always answer you the first day you ask. Second day, third day, fifth day, two weeks, three weeks, months. It may be a while before God comes and answers you. Trust him. Wait on him. Second thing. How did this psalmist have this kind of confidence? Because he had a personal relationship with God. Not mama's God, not daddy's God, not preacher's God, not Baptist's God, not inherited God, but my God. He uses the word my God, my, personal pronoun, my. That's about as much English as I know. My. Thirteen times he uses my In this short psalm, he said, He is my rock, my salvation, my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Verse 6, he said, He he only is my rock and my salvation, my defense, I shall not be moved. Thirteen times in this short, he had a walk with God, a personal relationship with God. I feel so bad for religious people. I feel so bad when I meet Catholics and they, they have a form of religion. And it's a, or I mean a Jehovah's Witness, like Ellie's family. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses would have such an organized, such a tightly organized, encapsulated religion. The problem is it's not right. Well, Jehovah's Witness came to me and said, I said to him one time, I gave this one leader the hall, I said, You have the most organized religion in the entire world, I think, but it's false. And he, he, he flipped out on me. I said, it's false, man. I said, you got the mechanism, but you got no spirit because you've denied the Christ his due. You can't deny Jesus, his deity, because if he was not deity, he couldn't keep his word. And if he couldn't keep his word, then he's not my savior. You see how the logic goes. He has to be God. To say the things he said, he has to be God. And, and, and it's, it's clearly, clearly in the Bible it says He is God. So for any religion, whether it be Mormons, which do that, or the Jehovah Witnesses do that, the Catholics now they'll recognize the deity of Christ, but then they add works to His salvation. Well, if you're not saved by grace, you're not saved at all. The Bible says, "For grace you're saved through faith, that not of yourselves; it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." You can't get saved by works, not by works of righteousness we have done, but according to His mercy, saved by the washing and regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. On and on it goes. You can't be saved. If if any religion out there, and 90-some percent of them say that you can somehow make your way to heaven by good works, they're lying, and they're denying Jesus. Bigger than lying, they're actually denying Jesus, who was God's gift. And so either Jesus is lying, or they're lying. I'm going with Jesus, that he's telling the truth. I feel so sad for them to have a form of religion, but they don't have Christ in their heart. They can't sing songs of Zion in the night. Brother old oh, Tom Cronin, when he had his bypass, said that one thing that helped him was all those songs he had memorized. In the, in the, in the uh, When you have bypass, you can't get out of bed. They got you in bed with all these wires and everything and everything going in. You can't get out of bed. You got to do everything you got to do in that bed laying down. Now, you just imagine that a little bit. It's not good. It's awful. And so you need help. You get humbled to the max. And He said, I sang the songs of Zion. That's that personal relationship. That's what this psalmist had. He said, how did I make it? First of all, I didn't make God my own image. I let him manifest himself to me as he is. I waited on him. The word wait can mean be silent in front of him. I I let him do the talking. I let him tell me the way things were. Quit making or trying to make him somehow fit your agenda or your image. And then walk with him in a personal way. Can you go all day long without communicating to your Savior? Can you make decisions during the day and not stop to consult your counselor? Can you? The psalmists couldn't. My wife and I, when we travel together, it's a nice time we travel together. You know, we get in the car in the morning and we say, Lord Jesus, guide every decision we make. Now, when I got my motorcycle, said the same thing. <laughs> God, every decision, every decision is your decision. You make it. And we have made some wild decisions. And so we say that. I pray that all during the day. Lord, whatever decision I make today, may it be yours. I pray it here when we're here. Lord, whatever decision. I'm talking about which way to come in from my house. There's a few ways to come in. Once you get past certain place, you can go this way or another way. Which way do you want me to go, Lord? Which way are we going today? You say, I don't like, you don't need him that much. I want him. I want God to have control of my life. I want him to have control. It's a personal thing. Personal spiritual prosperity to where you will never be moved, or at least you're not going to be greatly moved, expresses in a personal pronoun, my. I think that's the secret of it. And uh, he is, I'm mean, list you a few things I, I looked up and, and researched, and here's what I came up with. He is my rock to stabilize me through the storms of philosophy and doubt, Psalm 62. He is my salvation to rescue me out of the horrible pit of sin that was help, I was helplessly lost in, Psalm 62. He is my defense to protect me from the accusations of the enemy, Psalm 62. He is my, he is my glory to revel in times of trouble, he is my strength when I am weak, Exodus 15, 2. He is my refuge in times of desolation, 2 Samuel 22, 3. He is my song, uh, Exodus 15, 2. He is my trust when all else around me falls away. He is my trust in whom I will not be disappointed, and he will not fail me, 2 Samuel chapter 22, 3. He is my shield to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one hurled against me, 2 Samuel 22.3. He is my high tower, I like that, to run into when all seems lost, 2 Samuel 22.3. He is my shepherd to guide me through the maze of difficult decisions in this life, Psalm 23. He is my light to show me the way, Psalm 27.1. He is my helper to encourage me when I grow weak. And as you get older you begin to grow weak. Hebrews 13:6. He is my power because I'm powerless without him. He is my buckler to make take the blows of life for me. The buckler is a shield. He is my king to be loyal to. He's my delight to excite my thoughts. He's my rest to recuperate me after a hard day's work. He's my beloved to bestow my affection. He's my portion to satisfy my longing heart. He's my mother. He's my mother, who takes me under his wings. You know, you may not have ever thought about the motherhood of God, but God is not only your father, but He is also your mother. He takes care of me. He made the woman. He knew exactly what she was to be like. He gave her all the attributes He thought she should have, and then actually, He possessed Himself. I love old. I called Dick Mercado the other day. In 93, I think, and he just extolled the name of Jesus. Praise came out of him like an overflowing fountain when I got him on the phone. He just started with praise, and I just thought, oh, Lord Jesus, may I I be like that boy. Old, Old Mercado was the one that preached the motherhood of God the first time I ever heard it. He's my bread that fills the empty void of my soul. He's my reward, the goal of all my expectations. And on and on it could go. The Bible goes on and says he's our propitiation, our advocate, our bridegroom. Uh, the groom, I mean, he's uh, he's a bright morning star. He's our captain. He's our cornerstone. He's a daysman, intercessor. He's a door. He's a foundation. He's our way. I well, like in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, 9, it says, we are of trouble on every side, Paul said, yet not distressed. He may have been moved, but he wasn't greatly moved. We're perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. This week, I thought about a lot about Paul and Silas in the prison. When I had my bo- bone marrow biopsy, they take a hole saw and hand screw it one inch into your bone. Trust me when I tell you this, there's no numbing for that. I thought about Paul and Silas when I was... Feeling sorry for myself, walking around the house for three days with a sore hip. I'm thinking, man, that's sore. And then I got thinking of Paul and Silas. They got whipped beyond imagination. Nobody cared for their wounds, nobody cared if they died. Threw them in the inner prison. At about midnight, the Bible says they began to sing What? That's the kind of faith I want. How about you? That's the kind of Christianity I want. I don't want Christianity that works when everything's good and I, all the bills are paid and, you know, things are running around financially good and all the all the things that can go good in life and everybody in my family is healthy and, uh, and I'm healthy and all that stuff. I don't want to live a Christian life that's just a fair-weather Christian. I want to live a, a Paul and Silas kind of Christian life. I don't believe Paul and Silas would have asked to get beat. I think it's stupid to ask to get beat. But they did what God wanted them to do, and they got beat. And they were thrown into the inner prison with the rats and the dung and all the smell of that inner prison. And it was a place, it was an orchestra hall. It was a place of songs of Zion. They began to sing the songs of Zion. And man, no wonder he said, what must I do to be saved? I got to have this. I talked to, I told you I talked to Sandy and Neil yesterday. A mature response. Mature response. See, if Christianity works when you're living, it works when you're dying. You don't fall apart when they get the news. you got a few months to live, or a few, like my dad. One, one week. Man, I wish I could have took a picture of his face when they said that. I mean, when I, you ever see somebody's countenance fall, I had we had eaten out at noon, and I took him to my truck. I took him to the doctor, and we'd eaten out. We'd eaten breakfast out, lunch out. And I took him to the doctor, he wasn't feeling quite, you know, real real up to normal, but he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. He was walking on his own. And he went into old Dr. Reeves' office, and Dr. Reeves took a blood sample and came back, and he goes, Mr. Lytelli, he says, I I don't know how to tell you this, but you probably have about one week to live. He said, he and I looked at each other, and I said, Dad. He, I said, we've just been eating out. He said, I know, I know. I said, how do you know that? He said, I've been doing this for a long time. I know. And 11 days later, he went to heaven. And your Christianity works just during that period of time. When I was with my dad, we stayed with my dad. He was in hospice, and we stayed with him at night. And at night, I'd look over at his bed, and he'd have his arms up in the air, communicating with God, fellowshipping with God. He was getting ready to see him real soon. And I, I went over to him. I whispered in his ear, and I said, oh, Marine, one more landing, and it's over. One more landing. You know, you always <laughs> used to sing on the halls of Montezuma on the shores of Tripoli how the Marines would guard heaven's shore. You heard that song. Of course, I don't believe the Marines are going to guard heaven's shore. In fact, I believe there's a lot of Marines that ain't making it to heaven because they got to get saved like everybody else. But my dad used to like to sing that, oh, the Marines will be there guarding heaven's shore. I said, if you see, <laughs> see some, they had to be born again, Dad. <laughs> And if you see army guys doing it, don't get mad at them. What am I saying? Trouble may come and hit you, blindside you, and it may move you. But you're not going to be greatly moved. God's going to be with you you can go to bed and pillow your head with that confidence as if psalmist David had that confidence also. I, shall, I may be moved, but I will not be moved greatly. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for the Bible. Whoa, what beautiful, beautiful comfort the Word of God is. Thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us. Thank you for the older we get, the sweeter it gets. The longer I serve him, I think the song says, the sweeter he grows. It's true. The more I love him, the more love he bestows. Father, help us. There may be some in this room tonight who don't know what I'm talking about. They have no idea what I'm talking about. You can know. If you'll come to Jesus Christ, believe that He was the Christ, the Son of the living God that died for you, paid for your sins on an old rugged cross, was buried on the third day, God raised Him from the, the, Father him from the dead, sealing that He was the Christ of all the ones that have said it. And you'll be willing to turn from your sin to Him in simple childlike faith. God will save you tonight. Maybe as a Christian, you've grown away. You've gotten caught up in this world. Let me tell you, the clutter and the sound and the the tinsel of this world will pull you away from God. But you know, when you die, you're leaving every bit of that. And you're going to God. Concentrate on God while you're here. Do your work. Sure, do your work. But may God be in your work with you all day long as you do it. May you walk with him and talk with him as the song says in the garden. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239- Nine four seven one two eight five. Thank you, and God bless.